good evening and greetings in jesus precious name what a blessing it is for all of us to gather one more time on this heart to heart broadcast we've been favored we've been blessed we've been growing and we've been going from glory to glory every passing week there is a fresh deposit of god inside of us and we are going deeper and deeper and we are being rooted afresh on the ground where we are now going to bear fruit in i just want to thank god for each and every one of you who are attentive and receptive to the voice of god each weekend those who are paying a price to come and receive at the table of our king those who are intentional to prioritize the presence of god prioritize the voice of god prioritize the things of god over everything else that so easily distracts us so easily uh, takes us into a different direction in this season if we are intentional to let the lord's voice be above every other human voice if we would be intentional to keep our ears only for him i'm telling you we are going to be victorious we are going to be successful not just in our relationship with god but because of our relationship with god we are going to be successful in all human relationships we are going to be successful in our business adventures we are going to be successful in being kingdom ambassadors here on the earth we are going to be successful in shining the light of god that he has placed in our lives the last week we've been taught what it means to have an interpreter have an interpreter have somebody who would bring us an interpretation of god's heart for our lives see the enemy is known as an accuser he will always stand and point fingers at us and tell us that we are not worthy we are not good enough we shouldn't be praying that we shouldn't be going to church that we can never be blessed but thank god for the man of god thank god for the church thank god for the stream that constantly declares what god is speaking over us not just declares but also interprets what god is speaking to us translates it to us in a language in a way that we can now understand and we can now practically apply and we can walk in that foundation that is being laid in our lives week after week it is necessary for us to acknowledge the goodness of god in our lives because if it was not for this voice all of us we would have been like a sheep without a shepherd a sheep that doesn't have any direction a sheep that doesn't have a sheep fold to return to we are really really blessed if you are blessed if you have a testimony make sure to reach out to us on one of our social media channels or even in the comments below it will be definitely a blessing to hear and to even join along with you to thank god and worship god uh, for what he is doing among us in this season is there anyone else who's blessed from tonight's time of prayer from tonight's time of seeking the face of god of 
joining along with the rest of the church to just pour out our heart before God and receive his heart into us. I thank God for the testimony that was born out of last uh, Wednesday's prayer time. I hope you've read it or heard it somewhere by now. But last Wednesday, when the prayer was happening, there were people that were healed. There was a family that wrote to us about how their mother was being prepared for burial. But in that moment, when the prayer was released, especially for family members, there was a supernatural deliverance. And that mother came out of the ICU within the next one hour. We are so thankful to the Lord for his miracle working power at work when we pray. So let your faith arise. Let your faith soar because you're going to receive unexpected breakthroughs and miracles and wonders in your life every time that you join us for prayer. It is time for us to study the word one more time. Tonight, let us start from the book of Matthew chapter 22. This is one of those parables that Jesus explained to his disciples to prepare them for the coming of his kingdom. You know, in these last days, if there's one thing that we need to be doing, it is to be prepared, it is to be ready, is to be active in our waiting for Jesus to come. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 22, verse 1, Jesus also told them other parables. One such parable is about the kingdom of heaven that can now be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited, but all of them refused to come. So he sent other servants to tell them that the feast has been prepared. The bulls and the fattened cattle have been killed. Everything is ready. Come to the banquet. But the guests he had invited ignored them and went their own way, one to his farm, another to his business. Others seized his messengers and insulted them and killed them. The king was furious and he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their town. And he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready and the guests that I invited, they aren't worthy of the honor. So now go out to the street corners and invite everyone that you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike. And the banquet hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. Friend, he asked, how is it that you're here without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. Then the king said to his age, bind his hands and feet and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Verse 14, he says, for many are called, but few are chosen. What a beautiful parable. I love the way in which Jesus would always explain kingdom truths, kingdom principles, kingdom realities in 
uh, beautiful stories like these. And Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven, when it is going to be established, it's going to be similar to a, a great wedding feast. The wedding feast was for his son. It was his son's wedding. And the Bible says that the invitation was sent out to all those that were very close to the king. That the king really wanted these guests to be there at the wedding feast of his son. And the king invited them, prepared everything required. The king prepared a lavish feast. In fact, fattened cattle. There are cattle that are fattened exclusively for the purpose of eating them, killing and eating them later on. The Bible says fattened cattle have been killed and everything is set in motion for a beautiful banquet, for a delicious dinner. And still, the ones that he had invited, the ones that he was expecting to show up, these guys, they didn't come. They gave excuses. One person said that he needs to go to his farm. Another said, I need to go about my business. Everybody gave their own excuses to not come to the wedding feast. And in fact, some went to the other extreme where they not only ignored the message, now they started hurting the messenger. Now they started offending God and offending the king and offending the messenger by insulting them and hurting them, mocking them and even going to the extent of killing them. Okay. Now the king, when he got to know about this, he was very furious. He's like, I need to teach these guys a lesson. And he sent out his army. Now these guys were just wedding guests. But this king sent out his army and he destroyed every murderer and burnt their town. And finally, when the time for the wedding feast came, the king said, let me do this. The ones that I was expecting to bring to this wedding feast, they are not here. But let me open this up for everybody now. Because these guys rejected it in the first place. Let's open this up to people that are not close to me, people that are not special to me. I'm going to open this up for everybody to come. And as history tells us, see, God originally chose the nation of Israel to carry his name, to represent him on the earth. Wherever the nation of Israel would pitch their tent, wherever they would build an altar, wherever they would build a temple, there would be a revelation of who God is for the entire world. But when God opened this invitation for the nation of Israel to come and be part of this delicious banquet, they gave their own excuses. They misinterpreted the invitation. They misinterpreted the messengers. They even mocked and killed them. They went all out in their offense against God and his servants. And as a result of it, the Bible says that the doors were flung open for everybody. Those who went originally part of God's design, Jews and Gentile alike, they were invited to come in and to take part of the table of the king of kings. He's prepared a wedding feast for his son. His son is getting married. 
and he's now inviting everybody good and bad alike everybody to be part of this wedding night the bible says that at the end of the night the hall the banquet hall it was filled with guests everybody came when this invitation was sent out to commoners there was no more room left in the banquet hall because everybody just rushed in okay finally when the king came in to meet the guests which means there was a waiting period when they came in and at a later point when the king came to meet the guests in person he noticed one man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding he wasn't dressed in his wedding attire and then the king asked how is it that you are here without the wedding clothes see you should understand that the second invitation it didn't go to the wealthy upper class of the society the second invitation went to everybody the good and the bad alike the rich and the poor alike the ones that were living on the street corners and the ones that were living in fancy homes and normal homes and huts and villages and towns and cities everybody were invited to come in to the feast that was the nature of the second invitation and yet the bible says there was some or one particular person who wasn't wearing the wedding clothes which means that there was a wedding cloth a wedding robe a special material that was stitched out and given to each and every person that was supposed to attend this wedding because some of them came from families and homes and backgrounds that they couldn't have afforded a proper wedding attire but the king made sure that each and every one of his guests would be dressed in the finest of wedding clothes and still there is one guy in the audience who took his uh, wedding attire for granted and he was there without proper clothes without the proper wedding clothes and when the king identified this guy he had no other option but to expel him although this guy was invited although he had already come into the wedding feast he had also responded to the invitation by saying a yes something that he wore something that he represented something that he carried on himself disqualified him from being part of that wedding dinner now that's what i want to talk to you about tonight do we have our clothing ready do we have our clothing prepared now the fact of the matter is that we don't deserve to be in this feast we are from spiritually poor backgrounds and we do not have what it takes to uh, wear the right kind of clothes to keep it clean to keep it till the very end and yet because of god's mercy towards us because of his grace towards us he gives us his clothing he gives us his righteousness he gives us what we cannot earn or achieve in our own ability the bible says that when we come to christ when we receive him into our hearts as our lord as our master as our savior we have put off our old self and now we put on christ now we have a new clothing 
Now we have a brand new appearance. When the people around us look at us now, they don't see the old Priji. They see the nature, the personality, the character of Jesus in me. When demons look at me, when the principalities of the cities or the nations that I live in, when they look at me, they don't see me, they see the beauty and the glory of Jesus on my life. That is what happens when we get saved. Now this is true about every child of God, every Christian, every person that has come to Jesus. Now why is it that somebody who has been invited and somebody who has said a yes to this invitation, how is it that by the time that he does reach the wedding hall, the wedding banquet, that his clothes no longer look like the wedding clothes, the clothes that were given to him when he was invited. Why is it that it doesn't represent the royalty anymore? It doesn't represent the beauty and the glory anymore. What happened during the journey from the day that you got invited to the point that you actually entered the banquet hall? What happened in that journey? See, if we go to the book of Revelation chapter 3, Jesus would write to a church by the name Sardis. And he would tell them in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 4, he says, Yet there are some in the church in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes with evil. Which means that there were others, majority of them, who had soiled their clothes. They were given new clothes. They were given this royal attire. They were given a robe which is now going to qualify them to be part of the banquet of the king. And yet, as they walked through life, they allowed the evil around them, the distractions around them, the dirt around them, the evil ways of conversation, the evil ways of doing life. Now they allowed the evil around them to stain or soil their clothes. Now this is the sad state of the church today. What we lack today is not the number of invitations because Jesus said many are invited. The number of invitations are plenty. The number of answers, the roll calls, the, the responses to these invitations are also plenty. So many people say yes. So many people are willing to follow Jesus. So many people are willing to become Christians. But the thing is, not many make it till the very end. Now, wisdom would push us to understand what are those things. Identify those evil things that are soiling my clothes, that are soiling my attire, that are soiling my attitude, that is soiling my character, that is soiling my outlook. That is soiling my image, my reputation. I need to identify those dirty things. Because Jesus looks at this group of people that have not soiled their clothes with evil. And Jesus says, these guys, they are going to walk with me in white. They have the same white that I gave them at the beginning. The same white, they still have it on them. And they are 
worthy. And it says that they will be given fresh clothing, more fresh clothing, and they will be clothed in white all over again. You know, in scripture, you would see that the ones that have, more is given. And the ones that don't have, the little that they have is also taken away. That is how scripture works. That's how the kingdom principle works. It says that these guys who had pure white clothes, even more white clothes were given to them in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 5. All these victorious guys, they will be clothed in white. Why? Because they have not soiled their clothes with evil. If we are wise, we are going to be spending all of our time trying to decipher how can I keep my clothes white? How can I keep my robe clean until the very end? We have read this scripture earlier during this Bible study, but we'll read it one more time because of this conversation. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 14. The Bible says, Blessed are those who wash their robes, for they will be permitted to enter through the gates of the city and also to eat the fruit from the tree of life. It is speaking about a group of people who are intentional to wash their robes. It is very normal for the robe that we are wearing to become dirty, to be stained, to begin to look old or faded. All of this is very normal. But that is where we need to intentionally work to wash our robes and prepare it and do everything possible to make sure our robe is fresh in season and out of season. Church, let me explain this to you. Our preparation is not just limited to how prayerful we are. It is not just limited to how much of Bible we know or we understand. Our preparation is also on how much we've been able to keep our lives from being stained by the world around us. When we pray, when we read the word, when we spend time in fellowship, all of them should be directed to keeping our clothing clean, to cleansing our garment, to make sure that there is no stain left on our clothing. You should know that the stain, it always represents sin. It represents evil. It represents the things of the world. But when we come to Jesus and we are willing to wash our clothes week after week with the word of God, if we are willing to dip our clothes in the blood of Jesus, if we are willing to dip our robes in the presence of the Holy Spirit, there will be a transforming work. But if you've been part of the church for a long time now, and we've been coming to church regularly and we've been doing everything, that everybody else is doing. But our attitudes have not changed yet. Our language has not changed yet. Our behavior patterns have not changed yet. Our desires and cravings have not changed yet. Then there is some problem there. We are allowing the robe that Jesus gave us to be now stained and we are not doing anything to wash that robe. We are not doing anything to prepare ourselves for the wedding banquet. See, when we sit in front of the king on the day of the wedding banquet, we cannot just show our invitation card. 
we cannot just show the proof of our invitation. We cannot just show our RSVP. What we need to show there is how well have we kept the clothing that was given to us? How well have we washed our clothes? How well have we made sure to not fall into sin again and again and again and again? Now, I'm not here to try and make you feel guilty. We all sin. There's no one that doesn't sin. But when we make it a practice to sin, when we make it a lifestyle to continue to go back into sin, when we know that something is wrong and still continue to fall into the same thing over and over and over again, then there is a big problem there because we are intentionally making a choice to now stain our clothes. Now this stain, see something about stain on the clothes is that if you've not washed it immediately, if you've not dealt with it immediately, the harder it gets to deal with it. The longer that you take to wash it, the harder the stain will be to be removed. It will not be easy to remove the stain if you wait for a really long time because now the stain has gripped the very fibers of that fabric. It has gone deep into that fabric. Now it's going to be harder. It's necessary, my dear friends, that as soon as we fail, as soon as we break the heart of God, as soon as we lose our covenant, we lose our commitments, we lose our lifestyles, there is one loose end that we didn't pay attention to, that we will draw back into the presence of God and we will repent and we will cry and we will weep and there will be genuine tears for what we have done. There will be genuine repentance for our lifestyles. It's necessary that we do not let our clothing remain dirty for a really long time. Because when this guy finally sat before the king, the king didn't even recognize his clothing. The king said, hey, where is your wedding clothing? What he was wearing was the wedding clothing, but... It didn't look like the wedding clothing anymore because it's got so much of stain. It's got so much of guilt. It's got so much of sin. It's got so much of the world on it that it didn't look royal anymore. What a sad state. I pray that none of us will be found in that place. That none of us will be caught with our clothes not prepared, not washed, not ironed not uh, resembling the clothes that God gave us in the first place. Let me take you through this process of what we need to do to wash our clothes on a regular basis. James chapter 4 and verse 7. It says you need to humble yourself before God on a regular basis. This is something that the church needs to practice. When we pray, we don't pray from a place of arrogance. We need to learn how to pray with humility, humbling ourselves before God. Just lower yourself down to the ground. It says, humble yourself before God and then resist the devil and he will flee from you. The majority of Christians that I know, we are very good at humbling ourselves before God. But we are not strong in resisting the devil. And that is where we miss out. That is where we go wrong. 
we cannot just humble ourselves before god we cannot think that just because i'm doing the right thing and i'm going to the right church and i am submitting to god everything will eventually pan out okay for me no we have to submit to god and we need to live a lifestyle of resistance to the devil only then will he flee from you some of us on the other side we only resist the devil without submitting to god before humbling ourselves to the lord that is equally dangerous it is a beautiful combination when we are willing to humble ourselves before the lord and stand strong against the work of the enemy that is when he will flee from you and when he does flee from you you are able to come close to god the next verse verse 8 it says draw near to me or or come close to god and god will come close to you but before we reach that stage before we reach that stage of encounter we need to go through a process of deliverance every child of god will have temptations demonic temptations demonic influence demonic oppressions that the enemy will place around you so that you cannot come close to god so that you do not pray or that you do not read your bible or that you do not go to church or that you do not experience what god has in store for you in the times of worship he is going to place obstacles around you now only to the measure that you are able to resist the enemy and cause those demonic influences to leave to flee from you only then will you be able to come close to god only then will your level of encounter with jesus go up go higher it says that once the devil flees from you why don't you come close draw near into the presence of the lord and the lord will come close to you he is going to reveal himself to his bride his church one of the marks of the end time church is going to be that encounters with jesus is going to be plenty it is going to be all over the world it is going to be happening in churches of different languages different ways and styles of worshiping god we will all have stories innumerable stories to tell of experiences personal experiences with the person of jesus when we draw near to him he is going to draw near to us see the end time church is a church that will know their god because they know their god they're going to resist the enemy and they're going to do great exploits right and when they resist the enemy and the enemy flees from them they are going to come close to the lord like never before because now the stuff they hear about in church is becoming real and real and now we begin to draw near into the presence of god like never before and the more we come close to the presence of god the more the presence of god will come close to us that's what it says in james chapter 4 and verse 8 the next line very important it says wash your hands you sinners purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between god and the world wait a minute 
Why is James writing to the church and calling them sinners? Why is James writing to believers that are washed in the blood of Jesus, that are saved, that are filled in the Holy Spirit, and he's calling them, you sinners? It's because these guys, as they've been walking after their salvation, their robes have been stained with the evil in the world. And now James is writing to them and saying, you need to wash your hands. You need to purify your hearts. See, he doesn't say that only if you are pure and only if you have washed yourself well, will Jesus come to you. The only thing you need for an encounter with Jesus is active, continual pursuit of his presence. If you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. But the result of that encounter, the result of his presence manifesting to you, the result of your prayer times has to be that now you're drawn to a place where you will wash your hands, where you will purify your hearts. Now, both of it is necessary. See, hands, it represents our actions and hearts. It represents our motives or our agenda, things that nobody else can see. And the Lord is saying you need purity on both levels, not just in the outward appearances, but also in the way that you truly feel about these things on the inside. The hand and the heart both needs to be cleansed, both needs to be purified. And it is so important to note that the cleansing happens because of an experience with Jesus. It doesn't happen because you went to a de-addiction center or because you went through a 10-point program or you listened to so many sermons. Now, God may actually use many of these programs or sermons or teachings to in fact help you. But your primary cleansing happens when you have that encounter with Jesus. When you draw close to God and God draws close to you. And in that place of encounter, in that place of experiencing His presence, this is something that others can't do for you. Your pastor can't do for you. Your parents cannot have an encounter with God on your behalf. No, you need your own experience, your own time of drawing near to the presence of the Lord. And in that place of humility, in that place where you have resisted the devil, in that place of deep personal intimacy with your Lord and your Savior, that is where you wash your hands and you purify your hearts. What do we need to wash our hearts and our hands from? The next line, it makes it clear. It says your loyalty, it is divided between God and the world. This is the reason why you are staining your clothes as you walk through life. Because the more that you are in confusion, whether I live for God or I live for the world around me, should I be pleasing God or should I be pleasing the world around me? That division of attention, that division of loyalty is what is causing your robes to be stained with the evil. That division of loyalty is what is causing your hands and your hearts to be impure. So this is what happens when we pray. 
This is what happens when we experience Jesus up close and personal. It is that the division of loyalty in our hearts that gets fixed. Now we fall in love with Jesus. Now we want to live for the Lord. Now we want to serve Him. Now we want to keep His face ever before us. The solution to temptations, the solution to constant lifestyle of falling into sin is not to just avoid that temptation. Although that may be the first step, but the ultimate solution is to fall in love with the presence of Jesus. Is to reach this place where the presence of Jesus becomes everything to us. This is how we prepare our robes. This is how we prepare for the wedding feast of the son of the king. This is how we keep ourselves ready for the second coming of Jesus. By falling in love with Jesus. You should understand it's not going to come easy for any of us. There are demonic principalities that are assigned to make sure that you get offended in your relationship with God. That you get offended in your relationship with the men and women of God that you've been given. That you get offended with the family of God that you're placed in. And that you continually seek to disconnect from the things of God. And that is why the Bible says you need to resist the devil. Parallel to you submitting to God, you need to resist the devil so that he will flee from you. Only then will you be able to draw near to me. Only then will you be able to come close to God. Only then will your intimacy with the Lord go to the next level. So you need to fight every demonic spirits that are coming in the way of your relationship with God and declare a victory over them today. If you've been a Christian for so many years and your intimacy with Jesus doesn't seem to be growing up, it doesn't seem to be going to the next level, then there is a huge problem there, my friend. And it may just be because there are demons that you're not resisting. There are devils that you're not fighting. And this season, as hard as it may be, you need to do everything possible to fall back in love with Jesus. And if that means wage spiritual warfare, do that. If that means that you humble yourself before your pastor, then do that. Whatever it takes, you need to experience Jesus more than ever before. And when you do experience Jesus, you have to let the Lord fit the loyalty of your heart. Let the Lord fit your actions and your motives, your hand and your heart. Both of it being cleansed right there in the presence of the Lord. Verse 9 of James chapter 4 says, Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. This is speaking about a time and a season in life where we need to learn to humble ourselves before God. Where there is mourning where there is tremendous weeping and tears. Now, this is not just emotional sadness that James is talking about. We can have an emotional expression of how bad we are and how wrong we are without true or genuine repentance. When there is genuine repentance, it is going to draw you into the presence of God 
and it is going to draw you into a place of transformation and we'll be willing to put everything on the line so that our robes can be washed and we can be pure on the outside and on the inside. So let there be tears. Let there be emotional expressions of your love for the Lord and your dependency on the Lord. Verse 10, it says, So humble yourselves before the Lord and He will lift you up in honor. This is how you get your clothes washed. This is what you do to make sure your clothes are clean. Your clothes are preserved. Amen. Let me just point out two more scriptures before we finish for the night. This is the book of Revelation chapter 19 and verse 13. We get to see a glimpse of the robe that Jesus himself is wearing. We read about this robe all the way from chapter 1 where John sees this vision. And in Revelation chapter 19 and verse 13 it says that he wore a robe that was dipped in blood. That was saturated with blood. That is the description about the robe of Jesus. That he wore a robe that was dipped in blood. How would it look like if a cloth is dipped in a particular material, any liquid? You would see that the liquid is still dripping off of that cloth. And the Bible says that is the kind of cloth, that is the kind of robe that Jesus is wearing. That he's wearing a robe that is dipped in blood. Let me take you to Revelation chapter 7 and verse 14. It says that they have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb and made them white. Their robes, as dirty, as stained, as much as soiled as they have become, what they did is they washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb and they made them white. This is beautiful to understand because the Bible says that the robe of Jesus is dipped in blood and the robe of his disciples, of his followers, that's also washed in the blood of the Lamb. Our standard of clothing, our robes, our outward appearance, how people perceive us, it is ultimately to become like Jesus is to become how Jesus himself is. And in the book of Revelation, it says that the robes of Jesus is saturated with blood. It is saturated with this lamb's blood, which is purer than everything else. I'm reading from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. It says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you, to save you from the empty life that you inherited from your fathers, from your mothers, from your ancestors. And it was not paid with gold or silver because gold and silver, they can lose their value. Verse 19, it was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, the spotless lamb of God. It says that we were purchased with the blood of Jesus. And this blood of Jesus, this precious blood of Jesus, who is the sinless, 
spotless lamb of God, it is more valuable than all the gold, all the silver, all the precious metals on the planet earth. It is more valuable than everything else in this universe. It says we are ransomed by the precious blood of Jesus. And it is that same blood that is on the robe of Jesus today. And it is the same blood which has the capacity to now wash, to help wash your clothes and my clothes. See, there can be no sin, no challenge, no iniquity, no transgression that is great enough to resist the blood of Jesus. The more that we look at Jesus and we submit ourselves to him and we are willing to walk with him, we are willing to journey with him, the more our clothes, we will be now washing those clothes in the blood of the lamp. Why? Because the clothes of Jesus, it is dripping with blood. It is dripping with blood. He is saturated with the blood of the lamb. And the more closer that we walk with him, the more we will have access to that same grace to now wash our clothes, to now not just wash our clothes, to now protect our clothes, to keep our clothes pure, to keep our hearts pure, to keep our hands pure, to keep our attention, our loyalty in the right place. Is there anybody on this stream that is thankful for the blood of Jesus, that is thankful for the blood of the Lamb, the blood where we can wash our robes, the blood that is going to cause our history to be forgotten, the blood that will cause our sins of yesterday to be something that will never come back to haunt us. Now, if you have an issue that you feel is genuine, or that is real, that is too hard for you to overcome. You can allow the blood of Jesus to have access into those areas of your life. The blood of Jesus is able not only to wash you off of your past sin, but it's also capable enough to break every chain, every bondage that the enemy has put in your habits, in your conversations, in your relationships, any repetitive patterns or cycles that goes on in your life. The blood of Jesus, this precious blood of the Lamb, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God, that blood is enough, that blood is capable to break every bondage. Let me finish with one last scripture. Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 11. It says, Because of the covenant that I made with you, that is sealed with blood. The Lord says, I will free your prisoners. I will free them from death in a waterless dungeon. See, many a times what the enemy does is he will trap us in this dungeon. He will trap us in a place that there is no more nourishment from heaven, where there is no more nourishment, where there is no more scent of water. And there is this danger of death in that waterless dungeon. Now the Lord says, because of the covenant, because of the blood-sealed covenant, because of the blood of Jesus, He says, because of that covenant, I am now going to free you 
from that dungeon. So if you feel like you've been stuck in a dungeon, that there is no progress, no matter where you go, what you do, you're just going on in circles and there's no coming out of this at all. Today, I am declaring in Jesus' name that you are coming out of your dungeon. You are coming out of your pit. You are coming out of that cycle of addictions. You're coming out of that cycle of relationships. You're coming out of that lifestyle that stains the robes that Jesus gave you because of the blood. Because this blood, it is powerful. It is powerful to cleanse us and it is powerful to break the chains, to break the bondages, to set the captives free, to set the prisoners free. I'm just taking time to repeat all these scriptures again and again so that there will be somebody who will catch the revelation when I say it the second time. If you've missed it the first time, you will catch it when I say it the second time because that revelation will break that chain. That revelation will break that bondage. That revelation will cause you to be set free. You will no longer go back into those old ways again. In Jesus' mighty name, are you ready to pray with me, church? Let's unite our hearts together, wherever we are, and let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful night time. We thank you for the word. We thank you for your voice inside that word, that voice that edifies us, that voice that strengthens us, that voice that warns us, the voice that elevates us and gives us a higher perspective. And Lord, tonight we thank you that you are preparing our hearts and you are preparing our hands. You will not let us to be found with unprepared clothing on the great wedding feast. Thank you, Lord, for the constant encouragement that we have in your word so that we can be found without stain without soil on our clothes like those select few people in the church at Sardis so that we will not just be the ones that are invited to the feast but also the ones that are chosen also the ones that are selected now also the ones that have the right attitude the right actions the right outlook to life the right behaviors the right relationships everything resembling and matching up to who you are and who you've created us to be, Lord. Because we see that your robe is dipped in the blood, because your robe is dipped in the material that is more precious than gold or silver or any precious stones, we pray that our robes, our lifestyles, our conversations, everything that people see on the outside and everything that you know we have on the inside, that it will be washed in the blood of the Lamb. It will be washed in that same precious material. Lord, we yield ourselves to you tonight. We yield our ways to you. We pray that in this season, we will learn how to draw near to you. Every demonic distraction that is stopping us from drawing near to you, we command those distractions to be broken in Jesus' mighty name. May our prayer lives flourish like never before. 
may our conversations with you begin to yield fruit like never before may our relationship with the lord go to the next level starting tonight and because we are coming close to you we know that you will come close to us that you will draw close into our homes into our marriages into our ministries and as you draw close we know lord that we will experience cleansing we will experience transformation and there will be genuine tears there will be genuine uh, repentance there will be genuine changes in our lives lord we thank you that whenever your word comes it comes with the grace the help the ability that is required to obey that word it is not just uh, an idea or just an information that you give us it is uh, the strength the enabling power that is released into our lives to now obey the word and so right now we just receive that enabling power we receive that strength to obey your word we receive that grace to be kept holy and kept pure till the very end lord we are so thankful for your forgiveness in the past but we don't want to be depending on your forgiveness we want to be the ones that will depend on the grace of god to overcome the power the bondage of sin so that we do not fall into the ditch one more time so that we don't get trapped in that waterless dungeon another day another season of our lives that we will by the uh, power of the covenant that is made with blood we will overcome every dungeon we will overcome every pit like situation we will overcome every repetitive attacks over our lives because of that blood based covenant we thank you holy spirit for you are bringing light into our hearts tonight because you are opening our eyes to see the realities the possibilities the authority that we have in the spirit realm and that we will never live another day of defeat we will never live another day of sorrow we will never live another day of lack we will never live another day with emptiness on the inside of us we thank you for joy is returning right now we thank you for freedom is being released right now we receive this in jesus mighty name and all of god's people said an amen wow i am personally very blessed uh, ministering to you because i know that god was speaking to me at no point should you think that i am uh, out here some perfect person trying to tell you how imperfect you are not at all i am preaching this to myself as much as i am preaching this to you we are all in this together we have one father we are being taught the word at the same time and we are all growing together so uh, it is my joy to bring this word to you tonight and i pray that you would uh, go back with your hearts refreshed and that you would continue to stand on this word stand on this revelation that jesus wants your robe washed with the blood jesus wants you to be dressed in a royal attire that is how you can be prepared for the second coming of the lord thank you one more time for tuning in whether you're in a youtube or physical location we love each and every one of you make sure to uh, share the revive nation streams on your social media 
share the Zoom invitation to your friends. Make sure that your friends register on revivenations.tv and uh, they are able to join us for the Zoom calls. It'll be such a big blessing. Also, one special announcement. If you do not have a local church, if you're not part of another Revive Nations church or you don't have a local church to be part of, will you take this opportunity to be part of the Revive Nations Global Church? Just go to revivenations.org slash rngz and you can sign up to be a member there and we will get in touch with you and serve you in every possible way. Thank you one more time. God bless you. We will see you again on Sunday morning.